Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 295 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me again this week from RedLegNation.com, RedsMinorLeagues.com, the guru, Doug Gray. How are you today, Doug? I'm doing pretty good, Chad. How about yourself? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Uh, excited for another uh, podcast because it's always fun to talk about these Cincinnati Reds. And I'm my, my opinion here is that this is the most wonderful time of the year. For Reds fans, um, especially this particular offseason, because it's, the Reds have been pretty bad on the field. You may have noticed that the last few years, and uh, but this is the uh, an offseason where we really have some uh, some legitimate expectations. There's going to be some movement, so um, I think this could be the most fun time to be a Reds fan that we've seen in the last uh, you know uh, since 2012 or 13. I guess am I am I over overselling it, Doug? I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I felt pretty good with the trades they made last offseason, but it seems like that this year they've got money to spend on the free agent market. And I guess they could have spent the money last year on the free agent market a little bit too, but it just seems that everybody is indicating that that's the route they're going to be taking this year. And there's a, I think it's better to kind of have an idea of what you could go for rather than just thinking, well, they could make trades and your mind can go literally every single different direction. Yeah, I just think that uh, every everything indicates that the Reds are going to be active on the trade front as well, but also with money to spend. So, uh, and, and right now, nothing's really happened quite yet. There's a little bit of news that we're going to go into, and we are going to talk about some of the uh, possibilities of the, the free agent process uh, and the trade uh, process. But right now, we're just on the cusp, uh, and everything is still possible. So it's kind of like kind of like Christmas Eve here, and uh, it's just uh, it's terribly exciting, and it's uh, kind of sad that this is the most exciting, the most wonderful time of the year for the Reds because uh, they've not given us much more to be excited about. Um, in terms of uh, on the cusp. Before we get started with the Major League stuff, since I've got you here, Doug, I noticed uh, that this week is a pretty big uh, time of year for you at Reds Minor Leagues. Your annual Top 25 Prospects uh, list is being announced as we speak, and I think you're up to the Top 5 that has not been announced yet. Uh, What can you tell us about your list, and uh, what what do people need to know? Yeah, I mean, every day this week I've released the next five prospects. We started at 25, and we're counting our way up. I figure for for most of you that listen to this, if you're listening after Friday morning at 8 a.m., then the whole list will be available for you. Um, you know, I think that right now the, the the farm system is a little bit down. I do think that the the top 10 stacks up fairly well with where it's been in the past. But after that is kind of where you see the difference between the farm system today and over the last couple of years, where there's been more depth um, in, in the second half of the list. Uh, one of the guys that snuck into your top 10, I just want to talk about him really quickly because this is a guy that I'm kind of uh, fascinated by. It's Reese Hines, um, and, and you'll have to go check out the list to see exactly where he is, I'll, but I will say he's in the top 10. And uh, I don't, it, it, is this guy going to be good? Because I really want him to be good. <laughs> I mean, I, I really want him to be good too, and you don't have to squint very hard to see that he could be good. Yeah. But you kind of also have to throw your hands up in the air. I mean, he's an 18-year-old kid who played all of three games this year. Um, he had a quad injury that just it just didn't it didn't get right during the season. Um, he stayed with Greenville where he was originally assigned, and he kept trying to come back. But whenever he pushed it to that next level, uh, right before you know feeling like he could be ready for you know the game speed, uh, he he had to take a step back. And so eventually they ended up shutting him down in in mid August. Just there was only a couple of weeks left at that point. Um, now I did get to see him on the field 
when I went to Greenville at the end of June. He was not playing in games, unfortunately, but he was, you know, doing infield practice. He was taking batting practice, and Chad, let me tell you, that batting practice was really fun to watch. Uh, he he wasn't fully healthy, um, but he he looked like a an absolute man among boys in that batting practice. Uh, you really don't have to think too hard to see that the power is what can really carry his game. And I, I think that that's kind of the thing that everybody knew. And unfortunately, the thing that's on the other side of that is that the questions were, you know, how can he handle quality off-speed stuff? And we just don't know at this point uh, because he, he really didn't play. Yeah, it's all projection at this time. But if you go to YouTube and there's some a couple of videos and I've read the reports and just uh, – he's a shortstop for now and, and we'll see if that lasts. But uh, just light tower power and so yeah. – uh, uh, Spoiler alert, it's not going to last. Well, I, He's, he, he's going to wind up at uh, third base, maybe corner outfield, eventually maybe first base, depending on how he fills out his frame. I mean, yeah, he's six foot four, 215 pounds right now, 18, 19 years old. Uh, shortstop's not going to be there. Sounds like Cal Ripken to me. Well, we, we can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, go to, uh, this uh, podcast gets uh, published every Friday morning. And so by the time you're listening to this, the top five in Doug's uh, prospect list are likely to be uh, have been published. I think they're coming out soon, right? Yeah, and uh, let's be honest. If, if you follow the minor league system at all and you happen to listen to this before the list comes out, you know who's going to be in the top five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although I'll say that if you'd have told me um, about a year and a half ago one particular name that did not sneak into your top five, I would have been extremely disappointed. Um, the guy that landed I, at number six. I do. I was gonna say I do know who you're talking about, and I, I've, I've caught a little bit of flack from readers over that one today, but uh, I, I feel pretty confident in that. And I'll be honest. I mean, we'll, I'll just say it now. It's Jonathan India, and I, I don't believe that it's as much of a knock on Jonathan India that I've got him at number six as it is about the guys that I've got in the top five. I, I think that right now Jonathan India is. You know, he's a borderline back end top 100 overall prospect in baseball. I just, I, I really like the guys that are ahead of him a little bit more. Um, he's a quality prospect right now. And then, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I believe the last time I was on this podcast, we talked about him for a second. And I did have a few questions about, you know, his game that I want to see improve and get better. But, you know, he's a quality prospect. I just happen to like some of the guys a little bit more that are ahead of him. Sure, makes sense. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. It's going to be a big year, a key year in his career this coming year. So let's get back to the Cincinnati Reds, the news this week. Not a lot of news, but we'll run through it before we hit some viewer mail questions. First, uh, the Reds announced uh, some roster moves this week. Christian Colon, Kerry Maya, Jackson Stevens, and everybody's hero, Derek Dietrich, were all uh, placed on waivers, cleared them, and uh, outrighted to AAA Louisville, uh, dropping the Reds down to 35 players on the 40-man roster. Now, um... Doug, uh, just uh, today, before uh, we start recording the podcast, three of those guys have declared free agency, correct? That is correct. Um, Derek Dietrich has not. I, I don't know the exact reason why. I'd imagine it's some sort of procedural purpose because of his service time or something related where the other guys didn't have that. I would be absolutely shocked if Derek Dietrich did not declare for free agency, because why wouldn't you? I mean, You can always come back to the Reds if you want to be here, but why would you not explore your options? Yeah, no, I think that's going to happen. And uh, yeah, I was uh, talked to Jeff Carr on his uh, Locked On Reds podcast earlier this week, and, and one of the things we discussed was uh, Dietrich. And, and to my mind, a lot's going to depend on the is the free agent market going to be like it's been the last couple of years. If so, I'm not sure that there's a a better landing spot for Dietrich than this. I mean, uh, if, if he's still in my mind a quality, somewhat versatile power bat off the bench, and uh, you know, obviously it depends on the price for a guy like that because he's going to be a bench player, but. Uh, where is he going to go where he is already so, kind of beloved, you know? Um, he, Cincinnati has that going for him. Cincinnati kind of fell in love with him, and he did a good job of uh, cultivating his image here uh, for that. And, uh, you know, I could easily see the Reds seeking to bring him back and him being willing to come back. But, uh, but yeah, the guy's got to explore his options. On the, you know, If someone's willing to give him a, a starting spot somewhere, he's got to take it. I mean, I, I would think if someone's willing to – drop a boatload of money on him he's got to take it so i think i would i hope to see him back uh, i think there's a definitely a chance of it but uh if he's gone uh, he was kind of fun while he was here right he was uh especially in the first half uh we, we kind of saw him tail off because well he was playing hurt and eventually he wound up getting shoulder surgery to try and take care of that but let me make a quick counterpoint on your i mean not that i'm disagreeing with much of what you said but if i'm Derek dietrich 
I mean, I'd be paying attention to the rumors, and it seems like the rumors are the Reds are looking for second baseman or center fielder with the idea that, you know, Nick Senzel can play either one. If that actually happens, if I'm Derek Dietrich, I'm not really thinking, oh, man, I've got a lot of playing time in Cincinnati. So yeah, It just depends on uh, what what playing time is offered elsewhere. I'm thinking of him as kind of the guy that when the Reds acquired him, he was acquired to be a bench bat and a backup guy. And I still think that role could be available for him next year, regardless of how the Reds improve. Um, maybe not. He, he, he's got a lot of a lot of things that are going to go into that decision. But uh, but anyway, I like Derek Dietrich. I'd like to see him back. And what and what I like really should be the primary concern for the Cincinnati Reds. Fair. Absolutely fair. <laughs> All right. So the Reds have uh, 35 players on the 40-man roster. Um, uh, as you noted at Red Leg Nation in your piece, they're going to need uh, a spot or three for players that need to be protected from the Rule 5 draft. I'm a little disappointed that they haven't already signed about five guys to fill that spot uh, <laughs> on the free agent market, Doug. What are they waiting for? You know, maybe the ink to dry. Okay, I like uh, it. I mean, that, that's all I can – I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I'm surprised that they haven't, you know – gone out and already signed Garrett Cole or even though he's not eligible yet to sign because of the the whole yeah. you know, qualifying offer thing but whatever it's whatever. fine you know that's that's what that that right there is why because Garrett Cole rules. and Anthony Rendon are not allowed to sign yet rules I know I don't yeah, like I mean, rules. listen you got to break some eggs to make a, an omelet here okay I don't care what the rules are there is need to go and get every great player and just whatever I don't care uh, a lot of rumors going around about what's going to happen and uh, you know, everywhere you, every outlet you go to, you can see some uh, projections and predictions and guesses. Really, is what all of it is. Uh, we've done that on this podcast, and we'll probably do a little bit more of that today. But I do want to mention uh, MLB Trade Rumors, that website, uh, MLB Trade Rumors. And, and these are not trade rumors we're talking about, though. They're, these are free agency rumors. And MLB Trade Rumors has uh, they opine that the Reds. Uh, I guess they predict. I don't know if it's a prediction. I don't. I don't know how you, they guess, really, that the Reds are going to be able to sign Yasmani Grandal and Didi Gregorius, the two, the catcher and shortstop that we've talked about so many times on the podcast and at Red Leg Nation. It just uh, sounds like we're, we're geniuses, right? <laughs> something like that. Everyone already knew that. If you're listening to this podcast, you already knew that. But um, thanks, Mom. <laughs> um, what do you? What do you? Any any thoughts on that? Those rumors. I mean, they're just you know, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. But I, I think that you know, just using deductive reasoning. It makes sense. The Reds have money to spend, or at least that's what they tell us. And they, both of those players, fill needs for what the Reds are looking for. So it, it it makes sense that they would at least be in the conversation with those players early on, trying to get something done. I uh, yeah, it makes sense. And both those guys certainly uh, make this team better. And I would be very happy for both those guys to be Cincinnati Reds. I think Grandall moves the middle more than Gregorius in a sense. I think Gregorius, I'm I'm high on him bouncing back. I attribute a lot of his problems last year to uh, the injury. And I think for the four years before that, he was a solidly above average uh, player. I, I think that people need to temper their expectations about Gregorius just a bit. And I think that's because uh, he's not the savior. He's a, he's an upgrade. He's a clear upgrade, but you know he's he is what he is. He's not going to be a superstar. He's not Francisco Lindor, who is. So, uh, but I think both those guys help the team. Uh, my, what are your thoughts about Gregorius specifically? As, you know, as it, reading the rumors, and I mean, there's a lot of different people that have different opinions on him. You know, Keith Law of ESPN was very very high on Didi Gregorius bouncing back. Um, he he felt that it was a a likelihood that Gregorius would return to his 2017-2018 self. And if that's going to be the case, you know, look out. I mean, he he, he won't be, you know, Francisco Lindor, but I, I think that that really would be a difference maker kind of player. I mean, that's a, that's an all-star caliber shortstop. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time the Reds had that kind of guy? When was the last time I agreed <laughs> with anything Keith Law said? So that's probably not going to happen now. Well, Keith Law's got me blocked on Twitter, so that's a different story for a different day, but I'm still bitter <laughs> about that. Um, but... I mean, if if that's the Gregorius you're going to get, then you know that's very good for the Reds. I, I mean, but we we do we do need to be fair. He had a pretty down season this year. Yeah. He played half a season coming back from Tommy John surgery, and you know his on base percentage was under 300. Uh, he he did show the power that he's shown in the past, which is good because I think that that's one of the the big things that he does bring along with his defense. But you know, if he's going to hit 230 and have a 285 on base percentage, how much of an upgrade is that? I I don't really know. Now, I, I feel 
fairly safe saying that that's not what most people were expecting from him. But to, to write it off and say that that's not going to happen, I mean, that would be foolish, too. It's, it's clearly there because it's what happened last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when, since we're talking about shortstops, I want to mention I saw something interesting this week. Sports Info Solutions announced some updates to their defensive run save stat, DRS. Uh, a lot of you are familiar with this stat, and this is precisely why we always caution uh, looking too closely at defensive stats because they're, they're all a work in progress. But uh, they made some updates accounting for positioning and shifts in their calculations. And Freddie Galvis went from a negative four to a plus seven in uh, defensive run save, the, the third highest, type for the third highest the increase between the old value and the new value. So all of a sudden he became a, he went from being a below average fielder to an above average fielder just because they uh, tweaked their algorithm. Because the Blue Jays are very bad at, sh- at shifting and positioning, I guess. I guess so. I mean, that, I mean that, that that makes sense if you really want to think about it. But I mean, I feel like that we all felt that Freddie Galvis was a, a good defender, even if the numbers didn't quite say that. So, I mean, it's not shocking to see that after the adjustments were made, that that's where he wound up. Yeah, uh, and and I, I mentioned Freddie Galvis because he's the he's the worst case scenario in some respects to be the Reds' starting shortstop, and I really think the Reds uh, he's their last choice. But uh, he's there if they need him, and that's why they picked up that uh, that option. Because uh, you know uh, he's he's Freddie Galvis, whatever. I mean, to, if, you, if you ask me, I mean, for four and a half million dollars, which is what they would have—that's the difference between his buyout and what they're paying him. I mean, if you've got to go with Freddie Galvis because your plan A didn't work out, I mean, he's he's a fringe average kind of starting shortstop in the major leagues. It's not the best case scenario, but my goodness, it could be a lot worse too. So if, if that's going to be your backup option, I, I'm I'm all for it at four and a half million bucks. And I tell you what, at that price, if the Reds are able to improve, I I really actually love having Freddie Galvis as your backup shortstop and second baseman because the glove will be good. He's got some pop. Uh, I don't mind having him as your as your backup there, your primary backup at either of those two positions. Uh, I think, a- I think a- it makes absolutely sense. not. Yeah. I mean, and especially if you know they they do wind up with you know Nick Senzel playing second base. I mean, I, I love what Nick Senzel brings to the table, but he hasn't really been able to stay on the field the past couple of years. Uh, if, if they get Gregorius, you know, he's kind of been injured the past couple of years too. Uh, it's it's good to have somebody who has that flexibility and who, I mean, realistically, I mean, he's a solid player. Yeah, absolutely. Gregorius and Grandall make this team noticeably better immediately. And, and all it takes to get them, you know, and of course I'm, I'm boiling this down to its essence, but it's, it's just some, it's some money. You know, the Reds are going to have to expend some capital to get those guys. Now, uh, it's e- it's easier said than done. You don't just say, here's the money, come come here. You know, uh, Gr- Grandal and Gregorius have to want to play here. Um, but but what I see happening here is I see Dick Williams and Nick Crawl are geniuses. And let me, let me explain what I mean by this. They have discovered the new money ball. The new market inefficiency when you have a minor league system that has uh, had difficulty uh, you know, bringing along prospects and, and, uh, and shaping them and molding them is you draft got good guys, you trade them away, let somebody else develop those prospects, and then you bring them back. Because, of course, the Reds uh, had Gregorius and Grandall before. So is that the new market inefficiency, Doug? Uh, drafting guys, letting somebody else develop them and bring them back when they're ready? I, I mean, I... I don't think so, but even if that were the case, Chad, both of those guys were pretty much developed in the red system before they went away, so I'm not even sure that that one holds up. But let me tell you what the actual real market efficiency is in 2019-2020. Trying. (laughs) Well, because not every team is doing that, and the Reds haven't been doing it, by and large, for the last five years. At least not for the entirety of the five years. So you're right, yeah. Um, You can really uh, get ahead a little bit by just trying. (laughs) It sounds ridiculous to say, doesn't it? I mean, it, it does, but I mean, if you look around baseball right now, the St. Louis Cardinals have already said, hey, we're not spending any more money. The Boston Red Sox are like, hey, we're cutting payroll. The Los Angeles Dodgers are like, hey, we're cutting payroll. The Reds are like, hey, we're going to add a whole bunch of money to our payroll, and we're going to try and win something. I mean, there's not many teams out there trying to do that and saying those things publicly right now. Uh, it seems everybody's trying to find ways to spend less money and have less talent. And, I mean, I thought that the whole thing about baseball is trying to win and rather than you know, making a little bit more money for the owners. But yeah. well, but what do I know? What yeah. do I know? I think if you believe that, then you're probably naive. And I know you don't really believe that. You know the the realities of this uh, quote-unquote business. It's ridiculous uh, for the fans uh, this day and age. So 
uh, hopefully the Reds are going to flip that on its ear and actually make a big splash. This I mean, if nothing else, I like the fact that they're at least talking about it. So, I mean, that's yeah. their plan. They wouldn't say it if it wasn't their plan because then we can hold them accountable if it doesn't happen. Right, and they've done a good job of uh, lowering expectations for almost the entirety of my uh, lifetime as a Reds fan. You know, it's always been, oh, we're poor, we can't afford this, and we can't do that, you know, and um, we're small markets. So you're right. Uh, they are, they're raising our expectations, and there's no – there's no, nothing good comes out of that except for a little short-term PR uh, if they don't actually convert on it. So go Reds, I guess. Go Reds. All right. We're going to have a lot more talk about the uh, the winner and the and decisions the Reds have to make and possibilities uh, as we go through our uh, viewer mail questions later. But first, the last significant news that was announced on Reds uh, uh, in the Reds world this week, Red Leg Nation, if I may uh, use coin a phrase, um, the Reds made a, quote, major concert announcement this week. Now, how excited were you for, for, to hear what this major concert announcement was going to be? I mean, when they said that they were going to have the press conference to announce a major concert coming to Great American Ballpark, you know, my mind started going places. Let me tell you, it did not go where it actually went, Chad. Yeah. It did not. It didn't land on Billy Joel, huh? It did not land on Billy Joel, no. He he would not have made my top 500 guesses. Billy Joel is a, uh, you know, he's sort uh, Billy Joel has had a great career. He's been a very popular artist. I'm just not sure he does, maybe maybe my view is uh, and I think it's not like you share the same. Maybe we're maybe we're off a little bit, but I just don't see that that's a a major concert announcement. I, I mean, don't I don't either, but I I feel like Chad, both of us are way younger than the average baseball fan too. Well, so well, maybe 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 that's got something to do with it. Maybe, but even so, I was hoping for uh, Paul McCartney or uh, the Rolling Stones, you know, something like that. Um, well, I mean, the, I, I actually made a joke about Paul McCartney, the Beatles, that being the the announcement. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I don't know. I, I was not going with someone who hasn't had a big hit in the last three decades. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, you know, kind of kind of like the Reds, they've not had a big hit in the last three decades either. So, ouch. Yeah. Um. So that leads us into our viewer mail. Andrew Scott Wills asks the first question at patreon.com slash redlegradio. What are the top three Billy Joel songs of all time? Top three Billy Joel songs of all time. You want to take this or you want me to start? I mean, you can start, but I'll, I'll be honest. I only know two Billy Joel songs, and I love both of them, so don't take this the wrong way. But I only know two, so if you go first and you take one of mine, you're going to you're gonna have to go with two of them. <laughs> well, I'm going to take one, then I'll let you take uh, take another one so that you at least get to say one. Um, and, and I don't want it to sound like I was criticizing Billy Joel, because he, he has a number of songs that I like, actually. he's yeah, I, I like Billy Joel. Uh, my favorite Billy Joel, uh, and uh, this is by far my favorite, Piano Man, classic uh, Piano Man. I'm glad you picked that one. Is that one of your two? It was, but it's not my favorite. Oh, okay, well then let's hear what yours is. Uptown Girl. Uptown Girl. That would not have made my top three, but also a classic Billy Joel song. Uh, when when I when I saw the announcement, I went to YouTube and I turned on Uptown Girl and listened to it for like, I don't know, 20 straight minutes. Oh. I've got problems, guys. I'm sorry. Impressive. I was like, that's like, that's like seven straight times. Impressive. Mm -hmm. um, I also like New York State of Mind, a great song. Um for my number three, it's uh, between uh, three other songs, uh, Only the Good Die Young, The River of Dreams, for some reason. I still love that song. And uh, the classic, We Didn't Start the Fire. Mm. Doug, Doug we, we didn't start the fire. You speak for yourself. I've started a lot of fires. Doug, it was always burning since the world's been turning. Yeah, well, I started a new one on a different world. Okay, well, good work. Yeah, well, you know, I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, good question, Andrew. That's your major concert announcement. You and I talked a little bit before we came on the uh, started recording here. And uh, to both of us, that major concert announcement sounded awful lot like the Reds were announcing they were giving away a, a major award. <laughs> well, if you don't get that reference, I feel so sorry for you. Yeah. And uh, Doug made the comment. I'm going to give him credit for it because he said, uh, Billy Joel must be fragile. Yeah, I'm, I'm funny sometimes. <laughs> yes. Major award. Uh, and if you don't get that, tweet at Doug, at DougDirt24, and let him know that you didn't get that joke. I will reference. tweet I will tweet right back at you with so many YouTube links that, well, your life will get so much better. Over at Patreon.com slash Radio, where you too can support Red Leg Nation Radio, Nathan Connor asks, 
eight members of the 40-man roster are arbitration eligible. Who are your non-tender candidates? Eight members of the Reds' 40-man roster are arbitration eligible. Nathan asks, who are your non-tender candidates? Let's run through those eight. First. Well, it's, it's it's seven at this point. Is it seven? He, oh, you're yeah, right. Because you're Der- right. Derek Dietrich was one of the guys, but since you know Nathan may have asked that question before the announcement was made, yeah. So Derek Dietrich was taken off of the forty man. Yeah, Dietrich is one of those. So there's seven guys now. Let's run through the list: Trevor Bauer, Kevin Gaussman, 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 Gaussman. You know, I've never yeah, been yeah. clear. We're just gonna call him Goose. <laughs> Goose. Uh, Anthony DiSclafani, Michael Lorenzen. Kirk Casale, Jose Peraza, and Matt Bowman. So, of those seven, Doug, uh, you got any thoughts on potential non-tender candidates? I think that I would not tender a contract to Gossman, who MLB Trade Rumors predicts to get $10.6 million. I would look at bringing him back, just not at that price. Uh, my phone went off, and I'm going to apologize for that one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I know. I'm, I'm the worst. Um I, I would not bring back Jose Peraza at three point six million dollars, also projected by MLB trade rumors. I just that that feels like a lot of money to me for a guy who has been pretty darn bad for two out of his three seasons. I hate it because I still see something in Peraza, but yeah, I just uh, if that's going to be your price, it's a little difficult to justify for a guy that's going to be your twenty fifth man on the roster at best. Um, Gossman, you know, I would. Ten point six. That's a slightly above what he made last year. That's the projected amount he'll make this year. Uh, probably just a reliever at this point. Uh, and, and and think about it. At ten point six million dollars, I mean that's that's like top seven reliever money in all of baseball. And that's he he's not that. And I, if he is, it's because he showed something that he's never shown before. So projecting that he could be that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. I want the guy around. I want to see what he's got. Uh, he still has a live arm, and I want to see what uh, Derek Johnson can do with him. But I'm not sure. I'd be interested to see what, what the Reds decide to do there, because I'm not sure that that's a great uh, return on your investment, uh, especially when you consider that's 10.6 million you can spend somewhere else. Um, yeah. now, now, what do you think about Matt Bowman? Because I, I, I've kind of kicked this one around back and forth. Uh, just to throw it out there, MLB trade rumors think he's going to get nine hundred thousand dollars. That's that's not nothing, but you know, is Matt Bowman the kind of guy that you would bring back for that, even though, you know, he's, I mean, this year at least, he was kind of just one of those guys that would go back and forth. Uh, yeah, again, that's a that's a close call on a, on a smaller scale. Um, I think I probably would. You know, I mean, I think uh, for a reliever that does what he does, I, that's not an unreasonable amount. Although, on the other hand, you could probably find guys for the league minimum because um, relievers are kind of kind of fungible. So uh, if I had to if I had to make the call right now, I would say, yeah, let's do it. But it's not my money. Uh, what would you say? I, I think I'd bring him back. I, I just think that, you know, before he had the hand issue, um, you know, he was he was a reliable big leaguer. And then, you know, this year he started showing some things he didn't show last year. So, you know, for that for that amount of money, I'm willing to, to see what he's got. If, if it doesn't work out, it's not like you're throwing, you know, five, six, seven million dollars away. Uh, right. Trevor Bauer, Anthony Scalfani, Michael Lorenz, and all, uh, yes. Um, Kurt Casale, he's projected to get 1.7 by MLB trade rumors. Um, I think you probably have to. I think so, too. And the only way that I would say no to that is if they get Grandall before. Quickly, right, yes. Yeah, like they've, they've gotten until, I think, December 4th is the non-tender date this year. Uh, it's, it's, it's very early on in December. Yeah. Uh, if, if you get Grandall first then yes, you, you don't tender him the contract. You just, you'll go with Grandall, Tucker Barnhart, and Kyle Farmer as your one, two, three guys, and you'll have Tyler Stevenson in AAA next year as your number four guy, who, and he'll be on the 40-man roster. Right. So uh, you'll, you'll have four catchers on your 40-man anyways. Um, and, and, and that's not really anything against Kirk Casale. I think he's absolutely worth $1.7 million. Mm-hmm. But if those are going to be your other options, like if you do get Grandall, where does he fit in at that price? It doesn't. It, it, he doesn't. Well, it's kind of your Freddie Galvis if you haven't signed somebody. You've got to have you got to have that guy in that spot. And Casale's not really not a bad option at all. If you end up having to go back with Barnhart and Casale next year, you know it's the Reds want to improve there for a reason. It's not a superstar tandem, but it's also a, um, a reasonable duo behind the plate. And uh, I don't have trouble giving Casale that kind of money because uh, he's to me clearly worth that. 
um, as many games as he would play when healthy. So in terms of non-tender candidates, I think probably uh, Gosman and Peraza are your top ones, and uh, and maybe Bowman. I think the rest of those guys all are in line to uh, be offered uh, contracts. Uh, Hooper Powell asks, Hash Brown viewer mail, I see the best way to improve this team is the trade route. Do we have enough in the system to pick up Trevor Story? Adding him and maybe Moose through free agency, is that enough? And then he has another question we'll get to in a moment. But uh, I wanted to ask you about Trevor Story because I, I've been getting a lot of questions lately about Trevor Story uh, and whether the Reds should uh, consider trading for Trevor Story. And, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Trevor Story fan. Trevor Story is going to be uh, 27 next year. He's made a couple of all-star teams. He's, uh, you know, he's a great, great player um, in terms of contract. Uh, he's he'd be around. Let's see for three more years. I think. I think he's. I believe so. Three years of arbitration still uh, out there. Um, do the Reds have enough to get him? Well, who knows? But I, I don't think that's crazy talk, right? No, I I don't. Um, now the the big question is, you know, the the Reds do have the pieces to make it work if they wanted to. Uh, the question is, do they want to? Because I, I think that given what kind of player he is and his contract status, you're going to have to give up pretty much three of your best prospects to get it done. Now, whichever of those three, you know, the Rockies decide on, that that's up to them. But I, I do think that it would take something like you know, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and, you know, Jose Garcia or Tyler Stevenson, something like that to get this kind of deal done. And I... You know that's that's not up for me to decide if it's worth it or not. Uh, but the, I mean, the pieces are there to get it done. I do I do believe that. It's just a matter of are they willing to pay that kind of price? And and in order to do to justify that, you've got to ask yourself: Is Trevor Story's act going to play away from Coors Field? And uh, his career splits are not uh, particularly comforting. Um, away from uh, Colorado, two fifty average, three thirteen on base, four forty three slugging. Um, so, you know, I think he's, uh, certainly a, uh, a really good player. Uh, I like Trevor's story. I would love for him to be with the Reds. Uh, three years is a lot for a guy that's made a couple of all-star teams, but, uh, is he going to be, I agree with Doug that the Reds do have the, the, the assets to get him. I'm just, if I'm going to try to make a big splash in the trade route, he's probably not the number one guy I'm going after. And we will, we'll talk about some of the other guys in a moment. Um, but, but he makes the team better, right? Absolutely. I, I think that he would be a, a, a true difference maker, given the other option that is there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's all about making all the pieces fit together, too. You know, not only would you be having to trade away pretty much the top end of your farm system, he's not going to be cheap in the next two years either. He'll, he'll probably be, I, I think he's predicted to get $12 million this year, but assuming that he performs even half decently, he's going to get paid a whole lot more the next two years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and 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 Hooper also says adding him and maybe Moose through free agency. I assume he's talking about Marty Moose. From uh, the, is, uh, is, is, that, is that the is that the Moose out front? The that Moose out front. Tell me that, that that the park is closed. The Moose out front should have told you that. Yeah. And again, if you don't get that reference, tweet <laughs> at Doug Dirt Twenty Four. Um, uh, Mike Mustakas, I presume he's discussing. Is that enough? I'm, I'm not sure what you mean. Is that enough, uh, uh, Hooper? Um, I would assume enough to get you to the playoffs. It'd probably get you in the conversation. I mean, the Reds aren't that far away, but uh, that that's not the most. I'd rather have Grindall and uh, Gregorius than the, if, if you're talking about two different story and Mustakas or Grindall and Gregorius. I'll agree, um, mostly because you don't have to give up your farm system to get that other deal that's done. Right. You only you only have to spend money. Yeah, what I want is Grindall and Gregorius plus go spend some of these assets and get somebody else, go trade some of these assets and get a, a third guy potentially that does move the needle. And again, we'll talk about that more. Hooper also asks, are you a car guy? I see you driving a Lincoln SUV. Uh, Hooper, you've never seen me driving a Lincoln SUV. Uh, I'm not a car guy, Doug. You a car guy? No, absolutely not. Yeah, I, 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 own, I own a car, <laughs> but that's about the extent of it. I am as far from a car guy as you will ever see. I am uh, just absolutely, uh, the, the thought of a, a car payment, just I shudder. Uh, I don't like it. Um, I'm not one of these guys that trades every couple of years. And there, i got a bunch of friends like that. 
my vehicle that I drive is a 2011, and I'm going to keep driving it. Uh, and uh, never bought. I guess it's not true. One time I bought a new car, but I, I used cars. Uh, I'm just. Uh, it's a. I don't know. You, you're just throwing money in it, and it's depreciating immediately. So I'm, I'm not a car guy. But if I were a car guy, in honor of you, Hooper, I would drive a Lincoln SUV. I guess. Well, that's. I mean, I'd, I'd pick a different car, Hooper. Uh, I'll, I'll go with a. Uh, go with the '65 Shelby Cobra. But that's just that's just me. I, I don't even know what that means. That's how. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not more a car, of a car guy. guy. I'm more of a car guy than Chad is apparently. But but no, I, I'm not a car guy. I just I, I know a few cars. I know there are these things called cars, and I know that <laughs> uh, you, what you use them for. But no, I don't know much. I'm not not big on that. Although if you follow me on Twitter.com, traditionally for Thanksgiving, I have uh, live tweeted my uh, my experience at my in-laws. Uh, home for the Thanksgiving dinner, and I have the greatest in-laws ever. I have nothing bad to say about them, but uh, they don't like to watch football. Their family on uh, on uh, Thanksgiving Day, they, we end up watching a, an auto auction. And if you've never seen an auto auction, man, that's boring. <laughs> you know, funny enough, I've seen quite a few of them. Oh man, that's just—it's brutal. So, um. So anyway, at some point, my in-laws are going to discover there's this thing called Twitter, and I'm going to have to stop live tweeting. That, You're going to have to answer a few questions, are you? I have to answer some questions. So, Joe Farsing asks uh, at Patreon, Lou Graham or Alex Grammas? Another in a series of uh, similar questions over the last few weeks in our viewer mail inbox. As always, I didn't mention these are actual letters from actual viewers. Lou Graham or Alex Grammas? You mean to take this one or you want it? I mean, I've got an answer. I just don't know if it's the right one. Let's hear your answer, and uh, and then I'll tell you mine. Alex Grammis. Alex Grammis is mine uh, as well. Alex, Alex Grammis. Th- th- then I was right. I did have the right answer. Okay. You, you did have the right answer. Grammis, a coach on the uh, a number of the Big Red Machine teams before he left to become the uh, Brewers manager, uh, but then returned later to Cincinnati with on Sparky Anderson's staff. Uh, Alex Grammis, one of the uh, he's a legend. He's a Big Red Machine coach, but I got to say, Lou Graham. The original lead singer of the rock band Foreigner. I'm not a big fan of Foreigner. You know, I mean, uh, I like a jukebox hero as much as the next guy. I, I'm not anti-Foreigner. Uh, with There's only one musical artist which I say you're out of your mind if you like them. So I'm generally pretty easy going when it comes to If you like Foreigner, great. That's fine. You know, everybody has their own taste. I will say this about Lou Graham. That's not his original name. And he really should have stuck with his original name. Louis Andrew Grammatico. Ooh, I like that. I mean, isn't that good? That really is. Yeah, so if he'd stuck with his original name, I'd probably uh, give him the edge here, but instead we're going to have to go with Alex Grammis. You a big Foreigner fan? I'm, I'm I'm, not, but, I mean, if if he had stuck with his original name, I think I'd have to be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His dad was, uh, his mom and dad were Nicky and Benny Grammatico. Golly. Ooh. Man, I just I want to I want to I want to go back in time and just introduce them to all like everybody throughout their entire life. Yeah, right. like, I, don't, I don't I don't need to do anything else. I'd be happy to be just hey. Yeah, really. It's my buddy Benny Grammatico. Um, yeah. So uh, that's what we're gonna say now. Who's the one uh, musical artist that we have? We just I will not permit any uh, any love for on this podcast. You know who that is, right? I do not, and I'm kind of interested to know. All right, I'm gonna say the name once, and it's the last time it's gonna be mentioned. We're gonna move on, okay? Okay. I'm going to hope, hopefully I'm not going to retch when I say this. Bruce Springsteen. All right, let's move on. I'll allow it. Thank you. Jordan Salisbury asks, I saw an article over on Red Reporter by Wick Terrell. Hey, you know Wick. I, Wick is my, he's my spirit animal. Yeah, Wick, uh, the pizza guy. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, he saw, an, an Jordan says, I saw an article at Red Reporter about how uh, the Boston Red Sox will be so over the salary cap this upcoming season they might be willing to unload Mookie Betts or Xander Bogarts. Both play positions that the Reds desperately need to fill. Logically, you could probably only get one. And uh, Wick also mentioned Boston might ask any team like Cincinnati to also take on David Price's contract. Would you or Doug make this move for either Bogarts or Mookie Betts uh, plus Price? If so, which one and why? Um I imagine you got to take on the, on this. I, I've I've kind of developed my thoughts about Mookie Betts. The issue with trading for Mookie Betts is that you only have him for one year, but he's so good that I think I would give up just about anything the Red Sox wanted to take uh, 
to have Mookie Betts in a Reds uniform for one year because we're gonna that, we're, that's gonna be a, a season that we're gonna be remembering forever. That's how good Mookie Betts is. Your thoughts? I mean, I'm not entirely disagreeing with you. In fact, I'm mostly agreeing with you. I would absolutely trade for Mookie Betts, even if it didn't include David Price, because the Red Sox were willing to take on some of that contract price for his final year. I just think that the Reds are close enough that if you add a superstar, and do do not get it wrong, Mookie Betts is an absolute superstar to this team. They're contending for the the division, and I'm tired of losing. I want to see a winner. And I, I've actually got an article coming up that kind of makes the argument that winning is going to just mean more winning. And I, I'm ready for winning. Give me Mookie Betts. Trade whoever you got to do or whoever you got to trade to get it done. Uh, Mookie from Betts the, is a from, legit. From the farm system. Don't trade Luis Castillo for him. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Although we did discuss the possibility of trading Luis Castillo for uh, Lindor when I was talking with. Uh... Jeff Carr, that was an interesting discussion. But anyway, yeah, I wouldn't trade Castillo for one year of anyone. But Mookie Betts, a year of Mookie Betts, we're talking about an MVP-type guy uh, who's uh, in his prime. And we talk about, uh, I, I use the term move the needle a lot. Signing uh, Didi Gregorius, how much is it going to move the needle? You know, it's an upgrade, but does it really get the Reds where they need to go? Signing him and Grandall, how much does that get us where we need to go? Um, the Reds can still do those things, uh, but... I'm, I'm with you. Adding Mookie Betts, even for just one year, adding Mookie Betts to the middle of this lineup completely changes things. It absolutely uh, puts the Reds in the mix. And, hey, we just saw this year, you only have to sneak into the playoffs, sneak on in, and uh, you may be able to win a World Series as the Washington Nationals did. So, um, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for uh, Mookie Betts. But what about the the flip side of that, which is if you have to take David Price along with him? You know, I, I don't have an issue with that because I believe that given the – Red Sox position that they would eat a decent chunk of that contract. I, I think that they are desperately trying to move a lot of money, and given who they are, that if they could get back actual talent in terms of prospects, that they would eat a significant portion of that contract. And I mean, David Price is still a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's gonna be the the problem I have that it would would be with, and I'm not one usually to quibble over numbers but you know he's going to make 32 million each of the next three years and um <laughs> if the reds commit that much money to a guy that's gonna they're not gonna be able to go out and, and spend the money they need to on the free agent market to improve elsewhere david price help makes this team better he's still you know he's gonna be 34 but he's still a pretty good pitcher i, I like david price and he would help this team but uh, to the extent that it would hamstring the Reds from from really being aggressive on the free agent market, otherwise ugh, they'd have to eat an awful lot of that salary, and I'm just not sure they could eat enough of it to make it palatable for me to want to take on uh, David Price. Uh, but then again, you know, David Price is a Vanderbilt guy, just like uh, Derek Johnson, a Reds pitching coach. Um, so you know, uh, I could see maybe that working and them wanting to uh, wanting to get him, but I don't know. Vanderbilt, also, by the way, lost in the uh, College World Series uh, to the University of Virginia Cavaliers in 2014, and beat them the year before. So, but anyway, um, so but I'm all in on bets. I'm, I, yeah. Yeah, I think the Reds should absolutely be. I, I don't think they get it done, and it may, they, the price may be too high. But if the Red Sox are serious about reducing, uh, it's, it's ludicrous to say that uh, the Boston Red Sox, their owners are so wealthy, they also own Liverpool, the 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 soccer, the entire city, oh. <laughs> the Premier League soccer team, Liverpool. No, they own the yeah the entire city, including the rights to the Beatles catalog. I mean, I guess if you if you own the the soccer team Liverpool, you kind of do own the whole city, don't you? Pretty much. I mean, that is the city. Everton uh, is also there, and they are, they're the the lonely sisters out there because it's a Liverpool city, and uh, they're so wealthy they actually own one of the the biggest soccer uh, clubs in the world, and yet for some reason they've got to get under some luxury tax number. So it's ludicrous. If, I'm a, if I was a Boston Red Sox fan, I guess you win. You've won the World Series here, you know, and. Maybe you get a little bit of uh, leeway, but I'd be a little upset over uh, <laughs> reducing reducing salary. I just think, I'd be I'd I'd be a lot upset. Yeah, it just it makes sense to me. It's it seems like some Cincinnati would do, which we don't uh, approve of, even in Cincinnati, and that's not Boston. So ugh. yeah. So uh, how how do you feel about Xander Bogarts? We didn't really touch on him. Uh well, I, my preference is Mookie. Okay. Is that because Xander Bogarts is owed 120 million dollars before his uh, 
possible buyout. Um, or what? No, I'm sorry, it's not a buyout. There's a vesting option if he gets was it 535 plate appearances in 2025. So you may end up owing him 140 million dollars moving forward. Yikes! Uh, he does uh, play shortstop. Um, and he, he he'll be 27 next year, so it's not like he's an old shortstop, right? Um, I gotta say, uh, if you look at the the four years before last year, um, he's been better than Didi Gregorius, but not substantially better. You know, um, if you just look at the numbers, uh, he's been better. In the last two years, he's been out, uh, he's really been outstanding. Uh, but uh, by which Wednesday, make, which, I mean that makes sense still too. He's 25 and 26. Sure. I mean he's yeah. he's just starting to get near his prime. He's not even there yet in theory. So. Uh, I prefer Mookie Betts because I just think Mookie Betts is a, a you know Mookie Betts is the man, but the, but the flip side is if the Reds could go out and sign a twenty seven a soon to be twenty seven year old shortstop in his prime an all star uh, like uh, Xander Bogarts, if they could sign him to a free agent contract for what seven years six years seven years uh, the vesting options in twenty so six years with an option in. Uh, his age 33 season for 20 million a year that plays like Xander Bogarts, you know, I'd do it. I think I would too. I think I would too. But here's the problem. You don't get to do that. You'll probably have to trade away again, (laughs) your entire farm system. You got to give up stuff. Yeah. And pay that price. Yeah. That changes the math a little bit. It does. I think I do it still. Uh, I mean, I I really do. I, I think that he's one of those guys too. To quote my friend Chad Dotson, he moves the needle. Yeah. You know, I, I said bets, and I still say bets because I think that uh, bets, as crazy as it sounds, because bets is a better player, just, uh, you know, if you're comparing them one on one, but he's, he, he would come cheaper. Uh, and so I, maybe I'm doing the thing that I get on the Reds about all the time, which is trying, what's the cheap option here? Uh, Bogarts is worth that money to me, 20 million a year. Um, I think he's worth that. The question is, how much do you have to drain everything you have available to get him? Uh, I don't know, but um, and that, and that's a lot bigger commitment than bets, who you're going to pay twenty plus for one year. Um, I don't know, man. That's it's fun to think about having either of those guys though in Cincinnati, right? Because those are guys that that really help, really uh, really fix fix things to a large extent. It, it is, and I mean I'm. Our, our friend Bobby Nightingale at the Cincinnati Enquirer tweeted out something right before we started. The Reds haven't spent more than $3 million on a free agent since, oh gosh, reliever, oh my gosh, what's his name? I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank now. Coco Cordero? No. Um, After that? Um, three yes. Uh, Jonathan Broxton. Oh, big Broxton. Since, so since 2013, so... Just imagining the Reds signing players or trading for players that are good. Yeah. It's it's exciting. Uh, not that they didn't not that they didn't do that last year. I I, I don't want right. to you know you know cut those guys out. I mean you know we we traded for Sonny Gray and that that turned yeah, out pretty yeah. darn good. Yeah, it started but, last year, but but it's it's exciting given kind of where things have been the last you know entire realistic free agent period in Cincinnati Reds history. Yeah, and, and again, dreaming about all this is kind of why this is uh, the most wonderful time of the year uh, for us. So, um, Good question, Jordan. Uh, Rich Thompson asks, I'll be attending Reds Fest for the first time this coming December since you both are seasoned participants. I think Rich just called me old. What advice do you have for this year's uh, rookie Reds Fest uh, attender? Rich, Rich is going to Reds Fest for the first time. Uh, Reds Fest is a good time, isn't it, Doug? I, I love Reds Fest, but I, I do think that it depends on what you want to do at Reds Fest, what you want to get out of Reds Fest as to what we should tell you. If you're someone who is going there to try and stand in line and get autographs, I'd say make sure you've got comfortable shoes because yeah. you're going to spend a lot of time on your feet. If you're somebody who wants to take in you know, the panel discussions and things up on the stage, there are seats there, and you know, maybe that's not going to be something that you want to worry about as much. You'll have you know more leisure time to sit down. Um, if you're a guy who likes memorabilia – and you know stuff like that bring some money because there's a lot of cool stuff you can buy there mm-hmm. if you're willing to spend i mean things that you probably won't see anywhere else unless you're really out there searching for things uh you know there's there's a lot of really cool stuff both from the reds and from different dealers that are kind of set up on the side so it depends on what you want to get but you know th- those were my my little uh suggestions i yeah, guess that's, that's good advice uh, reds fest is really fun i would have really loved reds fest when i was you know uh, 11 years old 
Uh, I just, you know, the, the autograph thing is not, you know, if it's, if it's your thing, great, wonderful. I, I, it is for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's just, it's not never been really my thing. Um, and you do have to stand in some big lines, but they have a lot of great, you know, all, everybody you want just about is there, uh, available to sign. And so if that's your thing, yeah, uh, be ready to, to stand in line, but, uh, you can plan out your, your time to, to hit everybody you want. Um, the, don't hit! Don't hit anybody, Chad. Don't literally that, that, hit anyone. That's illegal. That's, that's assault, brother. That's uh, right. The if stuff. You, if you if you don't get that reference, tweet it, Chad. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, the uh, the stuff on the stage is generally pretty good. Uh, you know, it's pretty uh, interesting stuff mostly. Uh, and uh, still waiting for them to give us uh, the go ahead, do a live podcast on the on the main stage. There they have not uh, have not given us that go ahead just yet. But we'll keep working on that. Uh, to me, Reds Fest has been the, uh, f- the most fun for me the last few years has been just seeing people that I don't see that often uh, in and around the Reds. Um, and guys like Doug, it's the last time I guess that uh, Doug and I uh, saw each other. No, I guess we've, we've seen each other since then. We went to a game yes. um, since then. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a good time with people that love the Reds. And so you're, in your, you're in your, within your community, and uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good time. So... Uh, go to Reds Fest. Let us know what you think about it, Rich. It's uh, I think you'll have a good time. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, Kyle Kapler asks, quick thoughts on the possibility of trading for trading for Trevor Story and or Trey Massini. Is how you pronounce that? Um, and then what are Doug's thoughts about a, a Rosell Iglesias Ender Inciarte swap? That's one of the things I talked about with uh, Jeff on the uh, Locked on Reds podcast. Rosell Iglesias Ender Inciarte trade. Uh, would you do that? Oh, I just... Yeah, tough. I, uh, it, it really is. Um, yeah, I, I think that Iglesias is better than he showed last year. So I, I, I almost wonder if maybe you wouldn't be trading him at a at a low. At the same time, I really do like Indurinciarte. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it, but I can really see both sides. Yeah. If I, that makes sense. That's one where I say which team says no first because it makes sense for both sides, but also there's some caution. Uh, I mean, NCRT is not exactly a, a good hitter. I think that in, in a normal lineup that would be ideal, he's your seventh or eighth hitter. Right, he's roughly uh, average, but you know he's really good defensively. Mm-hmm. Gold Glover, and you know he he plays a position that in theory the Reds need yeah. because again he's center fielder and you can slide Nixon Zell to second base. Uh, Trey Mancini, uh, the Orioles, uh, you know, um, I'd rather have Trevor Story, I think, because uh, we're talking about a corner outfielder slash first baseman um, as opposed to a shortstop. So, uh, you know, uh, he's going to be 28. He's good. He's not great, but he's good. He's, great, he's, a, he's a very good hitter. Great, Yeah, great year this year. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. I just, I'm not sure. I, I just see the Reds. I don't know, I guess you plug him into right field or left field, and yeah, it, it, okay, but I don't know. I, I, I would, if the Reds got him, I'd be happy. I don't know that he's at the top of my wish list, I guess is the way I would put it. I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Kyle Kapler also asks, top three Tom Hanks movies. Top three Tom Hanks movies. Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to let you say uh, one that I might put in my top three, but I'm not going to put it in my top three because I'm going to give you an opportunity to put it in there because we've discussed this on movie on the podcast before and it's criminally underrated. For me, my top three, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Forrest Gump, which I think is has circled around to where it's completely underrated now. Every you know uh, critic who thinks they're uh, you know ahead of the game talks about how Forrest Gump was is, was overrated and shouldn't have won the Academy Award for Best Picture in '94. I think Forrest Gump. Uh, is a, a masterpiece. That's my, and, and no one else could have played that role but Tom Hanks. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Big, Big, uh, where he, uh, you know, uh, played the the kid who uh, who who became big, and uh, um, just a great, great, great movie. And again, he played it perfectly. A young Tom Hanks playing that perfect. Now for the third one, um, I might pick the one that that you're going to say. One of the ones you're going to say. Uh, I like all. I like uh, Green Mile. I like Bridge of Spies uh, in there for that. Um, I have a tough time not putting Toy Story there. Castaway, I love. Man, he's been some good movies. Apollo 13. Uh, but the one I'm going to choose is A League of Their Own. 
and uh, you know, obviously a league of their own, just an incredible movie, and uh, and Tom Hanks with a, uh, <laughs> a sterling performance as Jimmy Dugan, the manager of this team, and uh, so I'm going to go with a league of their own. Man, he's got what a bunch of great movies this guy has. So it's it's, it's tough to choose. It is. <laughs> I'm on I'm on his IMDb page right now, just making sure he didn't like forget about anything, and I'm like. There's like 14 options here that could fit in the top three. Literally. I mean, you can make a case for so many movies, and probably no one else right now has that. Uh, so do you have a top three? I do. And I'm also going to throw out that I really loved his performance in Carly Rae Jepsen's I Really Like You music video, even though that doesn't qualify because it's not a movie. Now, fortunately, I have a different top three, all three different movies. Oh, so really? I'm excited about this. Good. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of the movies you picked. But my favorite movie of all time might be You've Got Mail. So I've got to go with that one. It's going Meg Ryan. Oh, love me some Meg Ryan. And we're going to go with that thing you do. There you go. That's the one I thought that uh, you were going to mention because we've discussed that before. Yeah. Criminally underrated. It's Saving Private Ryan. Ah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I didn't mention that one. I wasn't even on my honorable mention list. Uh, but yeah, fantastic movie. So. And I it just with Saving Private Ryan. It, it, it's one of those things when I watch it, I it, it's tough for me to see anybody else playing the role that Tom Hanks played. And I, I think that it, it's not. I don't even think that it's his best performance necessarily. But I loved the just the way that he told the stories as the character to the soldiers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Uh, very excited to see his uh, newest film, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, where he plays Fred Rogers, Mister Rogers. So that's going to be obviously fantastic. So yes. Um, all right. Good question there. Good question. Um, one last uh, viewer mail question here comes from Joe Farsing. Would you trade? This is interesting. I like uh, the way Joe's thinking here. Would you trade, say, Jose Peraza for Mike Trout? Uh, don't say yes just yet. With the condition that you have to hire Clint Hurdle and Tony Larusa as your manager bench coach combo. Basically, it's having the best player ever uh, mitigated uh, by having the two Antichrists on the bench. Would you trade Jose Peraza for Mike Trout with the condition of having to hire Clint Hurdle and Tony LaRusse as manager-bench-coach combo? Uh, you want me to take this one? Uh, yeah, go ahead and take it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the answer? That's the correct That's answer? The answer? But can you imagine watching a team and having to deal with Clint Hurdle and Tony LaRusse every single day? Only because I can also imagine getting to deal with Mike Trout every single day. I agree, but uh, this is the one scenario that Joe's come up with that <laughs> would call, give me pause for acquiring Mike Trout. It's the only scenario under which I would be upset, not upset, but I'd think twice about trying to acquire Mike Trout. Yikes. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's see. We actually had it uh, over on Twitter.com slash RedLegRadio. Uh Chris Cotman, Chris C at Cotman twenty six asks, can the profits from the Billy Joel Depends event go into baseball payroll for twenty twenty? The Billy Joel Depends event. I, is that a diaper joke? What do you get in uh if you what do you get an uh, elderly person for uh, a gift if you don't know what to get them? I'm Depen- gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna throw this yeah. one out there for you. Just nice big softball. What do you get them, Chad? It depends. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm, I'm absolutely the worst person alive. It's terrible. Uh, uh, Nick Steckel asks at nsteckel21, who had the best walk-up song of the 2010s? Joey Votto with Paint It Black, Scott Rowland with Viva La Vida, or Ryan Ludwig with Brass Monkey? I mean, I'm going to go with Ryan Ludwig on that one. Those, if those are my three options. Uh, that's a clear choice for me. If those are the options, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Joey Votto just because I love Joey Votto. But I think the the real answer, the best walk up song of the 2010s, is Todd Frazier, "Fly Me to the Moon," Frank Sinatra. Yeah. So, that's the correct answer. If you say so, you're the judge, not me. That's a good point. Good point. All right, Doug. Uh, any other thoughts? Anything else we need to we haven't uh, hammered away at? I don't. I don't think so. I feel, I feel like we covered a whole lot of stuff in our hour here, Chad. We really did. We kind of uh, hit all the high points, and uh, just it was a, a wonderland of exciting Reds uh, conversation. Uh, are you as excited as I am for the next uh, month or so to see what's going to happen? I, I think I might be more excited than you are. You think so? Is that possible? Uh, maybe? I don't I, know. If... I, I don't know if it is or not, but I'm like I'm pretty excited about it. Well, I guess we'll uh, have to figure out some way to measure that. Uh, you can. Uh, Find Doug at Doug24 on Twitter. I'm at Dotson C. We're at Redleg Radio. You can uh, read uh, everything that Doug uh, writes and uh, everything that uh, he publishes at uh, RedsMinorLeagues.com. Go there for the, the read the entire top 25 prospect list, brand new list, um, and go to RedsLegNation.com where we've been talking about the Reds uh, every single day since uh, 2005. 
Uh, you know how to subscribe to the podcast, I hope. We're everywhere you find your podcast. We're there. Go subscribe. Give us a uh, click the subscribe button. And, and and if you go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and can leave us a rating, five-star ratings only. Uh, but if you leave us a rating, a review, we would appreciate that. Uh, always uh, just blown away by the kind things you all have to say and uh, by the, the, the good ratings that you've been giving us. But as always, if you like us, talk about us. Tell your friends if they listen to podcasts. Hey, you got to listen to this. Uh, but if you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Uh, Doug, uh, another uh, another good time, man. Thanks for having me on. I I, I agree. It was a good time. Yeah, fun. yeah. We'll do it again soon for Doug Gray and Louis Andrew Grammatico. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.